This episode of Not Another Horror Podcast contains graphic detail that may be disturbing to some people. Listener discretion is advised. Hey there, welcome back to Not Another Horror Podcast. As always, I'm your host and curator of all things strange and unexplained, Anthony Rossetti. And today, we're on season one, episode nine. You know, it's getting pretty close to Valentine's Day. What city better to spend it in than New Orleans? New Orleans has always had a way of drawing people together, but that doesn't always lead to a happy ending. Sometimes, the most sinister monsters walking around on this earth have friendly faces. The story I'm about to tell you is one of two lovers, and how they found their way to each other, and how they became an adoring couple that everyone in the quarter loved. I'm also going to tell you how their apartment would end up on a murder tour in the French Quarter. I'm about to tell you the story of Zach and Addie right after this. Hey there, it's your host and curator of all things strange and unexplained, Anthony Rossetti, and I just want to have a quick heart-to-heart with you. Now, You've probably been wanting to start your own podcast, but can't seem to get the ball rolling or you just don't know where to start. And trust me, I get it. There are a lot of options out there. It's almost overload. But today I'm going to tell you about the easiest way, and that is to download the Anchor app or visit anchor.fm to start your own podcast stress-free. No complicated software or membership fees. It's all free. And they'll even distribute it for you on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can even start earning money right now with no minimum listenership. Download the Anchor app to get started today. Now, let's get back to the show. The time, October 5th, 2006. The place, New Orleans, Louisiana. But I'm getting ahead of myself. First, let me introduce to you Zach and Addie and give you a little background on how they ended up in the city by the bayou. First up, Addie Hall. Addie Hall was a free-spirited, feisty-tempered, independent artist who found herself in Bohemian New Orleans after a rough life in the Northeast States. A poet, artist, dancer, and French quarter bartender with a host of friends Addie Hall was weary of relationships with men because of the abuse she experienced in her past. She rode her bike around the quarter to get where she needed to go and to her job as a bartender at the Spotted Cat. She called herself a quarterkin, someone who belonged in and was part of the French Quarter. Life as an artist is never easy, though. 
You try to balance artistic expression with your surroundings and lifestyle, and you're never sure where the pieces fit together. Addie fit there right in the middle, trying to find herself and her muse, all the while battling her own demons and addictions. Now let's talk about Zach. Zach Bowen. Zach Bowen was a charismatic, charming, and good-looking young man who left an impression on everyone he met. He grew up in California and had that laid-back attitude that comes from growing up on the sunny Pacific beaches. Zach married young to a woman 10 years his senior named Lana. They had two children together and in order to care for them, he joined the army for the benefits it could provide for him and his family. When Lana took the kids and decided to leave him, Zach was devastated and lonely. He found odd jobs around the French Quarter after being generally discharged subsequent to his tours overseas in Iraq and Kosovo. Zach was a war hero suffering from severe PTSD who desperately needed help. Now, how did these two worlds collide? Well, you see, Addie met Zach while they were both bartending in the French Quarter. She liked to give him a hard time and play the mean girl as a way of flirting. But really, it was just a test to see what he could handle. Addie had an ugly side to her. Suffering from bipolar disorder and irregularly taking the medication to treat her mental illness. This caused angry uncontrolled outbursts. Many of Zach and Addie's friends remember the outrageous fights they would get into. A tumultuous relationship from the start. Fueled by drugs and alcohol, Zach and Addie were destined for destruction. Speaking of destruction, weeks after they started dating, Katrina would hit New Orleans. Zach and Addie decided to stick out the Category 5 hurricane together at her apartment. Amid the storm and flickering lights, they fell deeply in love and made a life for themselves in the weeks following the destruction in the empty French Quarter. They were inseparable from that point forward and made a name for themselves as they served up booze and scrapped meals to their fellow wayfarers of Katrina. Zack and Addie were even photographed for national magazines and newspapers in the wake of this devastating storm. Being interviewed about their choice to stay in the city, they felt like the king and queen of the quarter for a time. But much like everything else, the fun times have to end. When reality set back in, the lights in the city turned back on. The stars disappeared and the real cleanup began. Zach and Addie were forced into a lifestyle they weren't ready to experience again. Bills piled up, job schedules came back, responsibilities returned, the bonfire in the middle of the street that they cooked on was reduced to ash. Addie just wanted Zach. She didn't want his life or responsibility of his children and ex-wife. The honeymoon was over. 
and the physical and emotional pain of abuse was only mildly numb. By the vast amounts of alcohol and drugs they began to consume over the months to come. Violent fights erupted and Zack and Addie began to drift apart. Their solution to reigniting their passion? Getting a new apartment together and starting from scratch. They walked down Rampart Street and came across a for rent sign. An apartment above the famed voodoo temple at the time was available immediately. And with months worth of tips in their pockets, they made an offer right away and moved in. No sooner did they unpack but a few boxes, then Addie went to the landlord and asked that the lease be in her name and her name only. She discovered that Zack was cheating on her and decided that was the last straw. I mean, considering her past with men, this was an end-all be-all situation and their relationship was over. The landlord wrote a handwritten contract and asked that Addie sort it all out in hopes they would get back together. Once Zack learned of this deception, he became very angry. At around 1 a.m. on Thursday, October 5th, 2006, Zack strangled his girlfriend Addie Hall to death. In a drunken rage, he fell asleep next to her corpse on the futon, committed necrophilia, and got up the next day and went to work. His co-workers remembered him acting weird, wearing sunglasses and a hat, and becoming very quiet over the next several days. Zack cut up Addie's body in their bathtub with a hacksaw and knife and dispersed the pieces of her corpse and two and on top of the stove for cooking, as well as in the refrigerator. He gave her a haircut and placed her head inside of a pot on the front of the stove, placed her small feet and hands inside of another pot on the back burner of the stove, her legs and arms in a roasting pan inside the oven, and finally her torso in a black plastic trash bag in the fridge to be dealt with later. Apparently, his intentions were to separate bone from flesh as a means to more easily handle the disposing of her body. Many at the time said there was intentions of cannibalism, but the autopsy reports confirmed that there were no signs of it. Addie's friends and co-workers asked where she was when they saw or called Zach. He told them she left him and went back to North Carolina. Some were surprised as they knew how much she loved New Orleans and couldn't see her leaving, while others were not really that shocked. Because see, they knew Addie would be very unpredictable at times and have a tendency to run away from situations out of her control. Little did they know that Zack knew exactly where she was and what he had done to her. On Tuesday evening, October 17th, 2006, nearly two weeks after the murder and dismemberment of his girlfriend, Addie Hall, Zack Bowen committed one more act of violence by jumping to his own death from the seventh floor 
at the Omni Royal Orleans Hotel. He left a handwritten note and his army doll tags inside of a plastic bag in his back pocket and the gate keys to Addie's apartment in his front pocket. The letter, to police only, led detectives to the home of Addie and Zach's landlord for questioning. Once they were pointed in the right direction, they quickly discovered that the contents of Zach's letter was in fact true. A sad table of unopened boxes and broken dreams awaited as they walked into the disheveled apartment. The first thing they noticed was the temperature and a lack of smell. The air conditioning was set to 60 degrees and on full blast. Cold like a meat locker. There was no smell of rotting flesh and the bathroom was clean of any lingering blood. On the walls there was silver-colored spray, painted words of I love her, I'm a total failure, and finally, look in the oven. With an arrow pointing to the stove door. What the detectives discovered next is something I'm sure will stay with them. Their rest of their lives. As they opened pot covers, they found pieces of Addie. But inside the refrigerator, in one pot, they found her head. At the scene of Addie's murder, police also found her journal with writings added from Zach. Zach would write, Today is Monday, 16th, October, 2 a.m. I killed her at 1 a.m. Thursday, October the 5th. I very calmly strangled her. It was very quick. Halfway through the task, I stopped and thought about what I was doing. The decision to halt the first idea and move to plan B, the crime scene you're in now, came after a while. I scared myself not by the actions of calmly strangling the woman I loved for one and a half years and then desecrating her body, but by my entire lack of remorse. I've known for forever how horrible of a person I am, ask anyone, and decided to quit my jobs and spend the 1500 cash I had been happy until I killed myself. So that's what I did. Good food, good drugs, good strippers, good friends, and any loose ends I may have had. I didn't contact any of my family, so that'll explain the shock and had a fantastic time living out my days. It's just about time now. Now, as we know, mental health is the reason for all of this, but some people claim it was the work of voodoo. Now, you're probably wondering, what does voodoo have to do with any of this? Well, the location of the apartment itself has a very interesting history. Let me explain. You see, 826 North Rampart Street, days before Zach Bowen murdered Addie Hall, they moved into this infamous apartment above Priestesses Mariam's Voodoo Spiritual Temple, a well-respected and cultural establishment of New Orleans 
Many would claim later that the dark voodoo history of the location had something to do with Zach's overwhelming mental illness and the violent outbursts of their relationship's final demise. It is pure coincidence that these unrelated matters align. Voodoo in general is actually a healing and kind spiritual practice that is well respected in the city. Darkness has little to do with it. Addie Hall was a murder victim. A complicated matter, but simply put, a case of severe domestic abuse turned criminal. And there's nothing supernatural about that. Zack's own personal demons took over what was left of his sanity and caused him to end the life of his girlfriend and eventually himself. But that hasn't stopped the paranormal reportings. Tenants of the apartment above the temple since the horrific tragedies of 2006 have experienced some paranormal activity. Feelings of being watched, voices, and walls pressing in have all been reported. The building is currently being leased by another voodoo priestess who has turned it into a museum of the paranormal with tours of the apartment. The voodoo spiritual temple moved to a new location at 1428 North Rampart Street, just up the street from its original location and across from Congo Square. Well, that's all I have for you guys this week. And I also want to give credit to Ghost City Tours for teaching me about this on my last tour. If you're ever in NOLA, be sure to take the Killers and Thrillers tour. Before you ask, no. The apartment isn't part of the tour. What's wrong with you? As always, if you like the podcast, feel free to rate us on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Until next time, stay safe. Stay sane and be careful who you choose as a valentine.